Hey, 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 friends. Thank you so much for listening to this. I think it's a wonderful feeling that people are giving part of their super valuable time to interact with something that one creates. And for that, I'm deeply and humbly grateful. So thank you so much. It's fucking amazing. And uh, today, I'm sharing a conversation that I had with the lovely, balanced, wise, talented, and awesome Stanley and Rhoda. They are a couple of, um, they're a couple based in Melbourne that outside of their normal jobs are Australian champions in the categories of semi-pro salsa and bachata. And they are also runner-ups in the world of salsa on two and bachata. Yes, I love dancing and I love talking to people from dancing. Anyway, she does scientific research and he is a teacher and together they teach Latin dancing around Melbourne. You will hear about their love story, working together as a couple and its challenges, about kindness, about COVID times, dur during and after, and other things. We also did laugh a lot. <laughs> Without further ado, please enjoy the conversation with Stanley and Rhoda. Yeah. All right. Hello. Hello, Hello. guys. Hey. Okay. I'm here with Stanley and Rhoda. And I, the first thing I want to say, I want to tell you the reason why I want to interview you. Mm, okay. Because I think that's an important part of this. Because uh, you guys were a bit surprised that I, that I, I wanted to be... Oh, I ha wanted to have you on the podcast. Yeah. And I, I don't understand why, because you guys are awesome. <laughs> so I think that you guys are, well, pretty awesome. But I think it's very interesting that you guys do stuff as a couple, that you compete together as a couple. And, I, and I'm very intrigued as, as to how you manage uh, that, being a married couple <laughs> and also competing and, and doing something that, that's very creative. That's very intriguing to me. And at the same time, you guys have been champions in Australia and you've done really well in world championships as well. And you guys are probably the most humble dancers that I've met. And that for me is something that I love and that's something that I, I admire. So you guys inspire me very much to get better at something that I love, which is dancing salsa and dancing in general. And uh, I respect you guys very much. So that's the reason. Thank you. And you please own that because yeah. I'm not the only one that thinks these nice things about you. Oh. And I also think that you guys are pretty, pretty uh, good-hearted people. And that for me is beauty. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I also wanted to talk a, a bit about that. But uh, the thing that I want to make tradition in this space is that uh, we can share something that we are grateful for. Mm -hmm. So uh, who, would, who would like to start? Let's start. Um, I'm gr especially in, in the, our current situation, I'm grateful for having a steady job and steady income where when, um, when we went into lockdown, uh, I guess my, my, my role simply changed, my job changed, but I didn't, um, I didn't lose it and I was still very much needed. Uh, mm. you know, so I'm very grateful for where I found myself in terms of my career. 
Amazing. You're a teacher, yeah? Yes, high school teacher. So mostly um, senior levels. Um, this year I've got a year nine class, I've got two year 11 classes, and I've got two year 12 classes. Damn. Hmm. <laughs> Whatever you wrote. Me? Um, I'm actually grateful for COVID because I think like the lifestyle we were living before COVID happened, we were like go, go, go all the time. And we always tried to get a work-life balance, but I think our idea of work-life balance wasn't actually work-life balance. It was more towards the, the work side or the training side rather than just enjoying spending time doing nothing or being like just a couple rather than always having to dance together to yeah. spend time together. So that's what I'm grateful for. Do you think it benefited you guys as a couple? Um, for me, I'll speak for me, like, I I think, like, yeah, um, before and after, it's, for me, it's similar. Because, like, We've been together how long now? Almost we've been to, so it's coming on to seven years, and I feel that you know you've spent you spend seven years together and you make a commitment to marry this person like, um, you're pretty sure of yourself as to what kind of life you're gonna lead. So when COVID happened, like we adjust and we adjust together, um, but I think our relationship has always been strong and. This is just different. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't think it changed. I don't think it made it, like, so much better. But I think it just gave us more time to, like, um, enjoy ourselves, I guess. And that's the other thing I'm grateful for, like, having a, a nice home. Um, so when we were, you know, teaching from home or working from home, um, it's it's nice to, to wake up um do our do our work and then like see each other see each other every now and then like we don't have to like you know, meet up for lunch or call each other or anything like i can just pop in and say hey how you doing <laughs> we were working in separate rooms yeah, yeah. so rhoda would get set up she'd set up in the living room i'd set up in the kitchen and that's like our work situation but we can always just pop in and, and see each other and yeah that was really nice so yeah that's a really interesting the dynamic that a lot of people are having <laughs> yeah now it's, you actually see the the people that you live with while you're working. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. And apparently there's a lot, there, a lot of people are saying there's, uh, the work-life balance is better and they're, they're finding more time for family and seeing family. So, uh, I mean, we're just in a little apartment, but other big families, they, they might live in like a four-bedroom, five-bedroom, double-story house. And then, but like being able to see each other, like pop out, yeah. pop out of the home office and see each other, that's, I think that's really nice. Yeah. The other thing I'm grateful for, because um, you you hear you read about on the news, is that not everyone has a a nice home situation. Mm. So I find myself quite fortunate to to have led the life that I have and to find the situation I'm in to have a, a nice home environment. That's what I'm really really grateful for. Yeah, I can't imagine if home was dangerous or you didn't feel safe. A place yeah. you don't want to be. be. Terrible. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, your yeah. most intimate place being somewhere that you don't want to be yeah. in. Yeah, I think yeah. that's super important. And um, I find, um, I find like, being a teacher, like, 
you you are more aware of all the different lives going on around you. Yeah. You're more aware of everyone's possible stories and possible troubles. Um, so like, don't take anything for granted and and just be kind to everyone and give. Yeah. And just give. Yeah. Yeah. Kindness. That's that's been the word for me lately. Is kindness. Yeah. Like kindness is a currency. Kindness is something that you just use. Because yeah. um, I'm super into self development. I'm super into working on myself. I'm super into like being hard on myself and <laughs> trying to improve myself a lot. Mm-hmm. And the other day, actually yesterday, I I I heard um, um, this paraphrasing from this Buddhist monk, uh, of that you have to work on yourself and you got to improve on yourself not for you but for others and when 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 i heard that that make that kind of made a switch for me because i think that's that's probably the thing that we need the most now yeah is kindness and it's probably one of the things that feels the best it's one of the best feelings in the world i think it's to do something something totally selfless you feel a part of this organism that we all are. Yeah. You know, and you feel part of that. You feel quite full. I feel very, very fulfilling something that I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a higher purpose or <laughs> if it's a um, a calling of some kind, but I just feel way better. Yeah. When just do something, some, something for someone else that it's not myself. Yeah. And it doesn't cost anything. And it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Dalai Lama says you can always be kinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I think that's a really good parameter to like for decision making. Yeah. Small and big and anything and like just be kind. And why not? Yeah. Well, that's something exactly. that I why not? <laughs> yeah. Just drink wine. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, yeah. I oh, I didn't think about this. I don't know what I'm thankful for. Um. <laughs> I am thankful for being able to to meet friends outside of quarantine because quarantine became a reality for a lot of us and in a lot of places it's still a reality like in my home country of Chile people can't go out and see their friends or see even their partners so I'm very very grateful that I can see my friends and meet them and have a pizza with them and share some, some cheese yeah so yeah, I'm very grateful for, for that. Yeah. Very fortunate. It's definitely good to see you in person. <laughs> yeah, it's way better. It's, yeah. I think it's a better dynamic. Yeah. Do you, do you notice much of a difference between teaching dancing online to in a um, in a room with the same with with the people? Yeah, it's very different. Um, because you you don't you don't feel their energy. You don't. Um, and for me, a big part of um a big part of our teaching is is giving feedback. Yeah. So. We want to see you live. We want to look at you and see how you're going and then give you specific individual feedback to help you improve. Um, and like, it's, it's a lot harder through a screen because you don't know if it's, I don't know if you're off time or if it's just laggy internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the part um, that is different and that's the part I miss the most about um, teaching in a studio um, versus online. Yeah. Yeah. And you also, like, I feel like online the students kind of have to physically go up to their device and unmute themselves to ask you a question, whereas in class they can just, like, you know, oh, hey, 
you know, yeah. how do you do this movie again? And um, I think it's quite scary for people to ask questions online versus just in a, in a regular class. And then because of online, you can only kind of have one person talking at a time. Everyone has to shut up and listen to this one person's question, which I think can make them feel a bit stupid if it's what they think is a basic question, even though everyone's probably thinking the same thing. Yeah. Whereas in like a regular class, like if you had a question, you could kind of pull one of us aside and like quietly <laughs> ask us, yeah. you know. How much do I suck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what count was that on again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I think it, yeah, I think it's kind of good and kind of and kind of difficult. Yeah. Because it's a complete, it's a complete different dynamic. Because online, I think you, if you do it on Zoom, for example, it's like you have a spotlight on. Yeah. Because you have your little square that shows your room and it shows <laughs> you and you you see yourself there. Yeah. And you see, oh, people can actually focus just on my camera if they want to. When you are in a room with other strangers you're there you know you're just occup occupying space in the in, in, that, in that in that in that room yeah and yeah you can do that and i think people in general struggle with asking questions anyway yeah but i think it's even more when they have to unmute their laptop say what they want to say and then the teacher goes sorry can you repeat that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have to say it again i think yeah. but that's why i also think it's good yes because it, it, it helps people to get used to this different dynamic of, you know what, I'm going to have to fuck it up if I want to learn. Yeah. And I need to, if I, if I, if I, I'm going to seem like an idiot, I don't care. And develop that, that skill of not giving a damn about all these people's opinions, which is one of the best things I think anyone could learn ever. Yeah. It's also kind of like, there's pros as well. Like we're doing classes with other people online as well and mm. things like time difference like you don't oh, have to yeah. worry if you get up two minutes before the class and just ha do it in your pajamas and your slippers yeah <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna judge you you can just turn your camera off yeah. and yeah if you if you feel insecure and you don't want anyone watching you you can turn your camera off yeah but yeah there's and then just doing it in the comfort of your own home mm -hmm. Kind of feels there's no commute if you yeah. had a 6 30 p.m class or a 7 p.m class and you have to fight through traffic so <laughs> i think that's that's been nice as well yeah that's a, that's definitely a pro in my case I, d I can't i can't do it at home yeah because i don't have the space my my house is tiny and there's always people around and i like privacy to do yeah. stuff like that yeah that's for hard. some reason <laughs> um so i haven't i haven't done it i've been doing other stuff mm-hmm um but yeah i think definitely this entire thing is gonna uh start something so new in the world like mm. even restaurants i've been to a, a couple of, have you been out once yeah since they reopened yeah yeah since yeah. they reopened yeah <laughs> yeah so did you see that some restaurants have like oh they sit you down they take your details they sit you down and they're like oh you can go into this website and order mm-hmm and i'm like that's the future and we're on the future right now yeah. bye bye cash yeah. you know it's it's all everything's gonna be automated like this and even like fast food chains you see that they have the kiosks yeah. there to order anything cinemas as well like this is just expediting something that it was going to come anyway yeah. that it's 
that we learn through technology and the internet and we order and we eat and we communicate like hardcore yeah through this so i think it's also like a good test run 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 test for what's coming up <laughs> yeah maybe it's like the the push that society needed to have this like big shake up for, mm. for things to happen yeah 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 like just i mean i'm probably they say never gonna be working full-time in the office again for the foreseeable future and it makes so much sense i know and i don't need to be yeah. there it'd be nice to like meet some colleagues now and then but i don't really need to be spending two hours in the car on the way to and from work yeah. every day and you know it's going to be so good for people who need flexible hours or like for even like trying to make 6 30 class <laughs> to teach will be so much easier if i don't have to go from right in the middle of the city out, yeah. you know and <clears throat> and commuting to and from work is such a big stress factor for a lot of people too yeah. for example i changed my life because i was getting stressed of commuting really i was living in the suburbs and I took a very, very conscientious, is it conscientious? Yes. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> I took a very conscientious decision of moving to the inner suburbs so I could throw away my car and not drive anywhere ever, ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally was like, now I'd rather spend a little bit more rent so I can spend less on my car mm. and have more time and take this stress away from me. Because I was driving like over the Westgate Bridge uh, on peak traffic, 8 a.m., listening to amazing music, but then bumper, having bumper. to, yeah, having to worry about the silly, silly guy that it's <laughs> moving into my lane without signaling. Yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm like in that moment, I'm I'm just going to do my eight-hour shift, and I have to be worrying about if I'm gonna die today because of this. I rather decrease my die my die <laughs> probability. My death probability, so I can just be a little bit more relaxed. Nice. <laughs> so I think that's a good thing for everybody. Yeah. Like, it's not necessary. Do you know if productivity has lowered? Um, from, from an article I read today, it was... Um, it, a lot of people find that... Well, not a lot, but some, some find that they are more productive and some find they are just as productive um and only a very small number say they are less productive yeah. that's a win 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 scenario yeah. yeah that's only from one article i read like rhoda being the researcher she's going to want to like look at all these other situations <laughs> she's going to really want to look at like sample size <laughs> who did the study peer-reviewed yeah. who was it funded by yeah exactly yeah <laughs> whenever he's like i read this i'm like where <laughs> Who did the study? <laughs> no, it's done. We only need one study. Now we can now we can make drastic de yeah. decisions of our society. Cherry pick our data. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just like reading it, and I like being informed. And then I come in, like sometimes I'll check in with Rhoda, and then like she'll tell me something else, or she'll tell me something from her medical articles that she has privy to because yeah. of her research position. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fucking cool job and we were talking a little bit beforehand and you can you please explain what you do because i think it's fascinating <laughs> so i'm a research assistant and the team i work for researches um, old age psychiatry so the projects i'm on are all around 
depression in older people or people in nursing homes and reducing dementia risk through things like exercise. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. So we were, you said something super cool before that I said, save it for later. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, you said, um, what'd you say? Was it about loneliness? No, no, no. It was about that we are at, at our age, you know? Oh, yeah. We don't really, we don't really think about what's going to happen when we're old and, and preventing, like, dementia. The, yeah. Or preventing, like, depression or yeah. preventing anything related to an old person's situation. Yeah, I mean, things like dementia, people think, oh, it's just genetic. Like, if it's in my family, I'm going to get it. If it's not in my family, I'm not going to get it. But genetics are like a small proportion of what determines whether exactly. you get dementia. It's, maybe or not. you have a, a higher two or three percent yeah. higher chance. Yeah. But it's not a death sentence. It's not no. a this is what's going to happen to you on your. <laughs> Usually, no. For yeah. most dementias, no. So things like exercise, eating well, not smoking, <laughs> things like that actually do reduce your dementia risk later in life or even delay it and if you can delay it enough that you don't you you know die of natural causes before you yeah develop it then that's brilliant i think i mean if you can do something now yeah why not yeah that's something that i think about and, and it's simple things simple things yeah, yeah. like Go for a walk every day. Yeah. Yeah. Don't eat too many deep fried fatty <laughs> Just <laughs> eat better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Stay social. Yeah. Dance. Dance, yeah. Yeah. I think um, they find that dancing really helps because you're engaging your body and your mind. Yeah. And you're using, you're connecting different neurons in your brains. Yeah. To, um, with memory and things like that yeah so. it works a lot of things uh, yes social dancing i think it's one of the most uh all-rounder best things that you can do for your brain i think yeah. you i don't know this is me i haven't studied <laughs> anything i'm gonna say something okay. that has no scientific grounding so i think that it probably uses a lot of different parts of your brain because yeah. i think it uses your creative part so you're thinking about what what you gotta do and and also has to do a lot with your motricity with your movements yeah. and it also has to do with your critical thinking and making good good decisions yeah like in, in social situations and also don't fuck something up like yeah. don't say something inappropriate don't touch someone in someone in some somewhere inappropriate that yeah. that's yeah. another subject that pisses me off <laughs> uh, or also like it secretes Hormones that are super important to you and that make you feel good. Yeah, it's also social. You get, you know, benefits from dancing with somebody, even if it's not verbal. Mm. You've got a connection with somebody. Like, so many things. And listening to the music, <clears throat> responding to the music. Yeah. Be, like, doing things on the spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, wow. I think it's something that everybody has to do. Mm. And I'm going to say it on the record. So... <laughs> For years to come, they can quote me on this, that I think that it's something, dancing is something that everybody can do. Yes. yes. And I think that not everybody does it because they stop themselves. 
because they care too much about things about themselves. It's scary though, like we're talking about all the things that you need to do and think about and it's actually very overwhelming if you've never done yeah. any kind of dancing. It's before. very intimidating when you like, get to, I remember I went to <laughs> New York yeah. in 2016 and I was like, oh I want to dance salsa and I wasn't dancing salsa, I wasn't taking classes. But I went to, I can't remember what what, what the name of the place was. <laughs> And there were people dancing salsa, and they were amazing. Mm-hmm. I stood on the on the wall for half an hour, and then I left <laughs> <laughs> because I was just so intimidated by how good they were, and I and I confronted yeah. myself to, yeah. To them. And even like, I mean, I've, I'm dabbling in learning some leading, and just having to think about what's coming next, and am I leading them right? Does it feel okay? And I'm like. You know, so many things yeah. are going through your mind yeah. in those few minutes of yeah. the song. And I think that when you're a single man, you have this other uh, challenges of, oh, is, does she like me? Yeah. She, oh, does she think I'm repulsive? Or yeah. a lot of insecurities. There's a lot of insecurities. But that's why I think everybody should do it, because you need to get exposed to those things and, mm-hmm. and work on them. And then you get through the, that that portal of, I don't give a fuck. And you just <laughs> go through it and you just transcend that and, and, and start becoming a better everything. Yeah. It's so I think it's so important. Totally. Yeah. You guys met dancing. Yes. Can you please tell me the story? Because I think it's super cute. Okay. So um, I, I was at Monash University and Rhoda was at Melbourne University and a mutual friend um, invited me to one of their their socials um so it was at argyle square um on ligon street yeah and i just rocked up because you know it's what you do when you're in uni you like you socialize you have fun and you were dancing already uh so i had been dancing for about three years so i've been taking classes for about three years um so i got there there was a beginning class and then i just i was in the rotation helping out because they you know that you always need more leads there's always more girls than guys in these beginning classes um, and then they said, hi, you know, high five, rotate, and Rhoda rotated right into me. <laughs> and that's how we met. <laughs> that's how we met. But we, like, um, we kept meeting at these, like, uni socials and events because um, our dance clubs were, like, linked sister yeah. club kind of things. A lot so, of joint events. Yeah, yeah, so we kept seeing each other and then we'd talk a bit more. And then, you know, eventually he was like, you should come out social dancing, like, in the real world, not just in your uni clubs. So he'd take me out. He was like, do you know this style called bachata? Mommy. So he'd take me to, like, back then it was Destino's, the, this entire little bar where everyone was dancing bachata. So, and, yeah, we basically just went around Melbourne social dancing together and would get food beforehand and yeah. get it's, a coffee after. It started with like, uh, I'll pick you up and we'll go social dancing. And then it was like, oh, hey, do you want to grab some food before social dancing? So it was just like friendly social dancing and then like, try, you know, kind of made it more over time. Yeah, and then after social dancing, like Rhoda said, we'd like, we'd stay out late for like 24 hour cafe coffee before and, I drop her home. And when you, <laughs> when you were like inviting her to social dancing, yeah. Were you thinking, 
All right, I want to ask her out because in seven years I want to be stuck with her in quarantine. Nah. <laughs> when I okay, when I met her, I was due to leave the country. I, what? I didn't I had, know that. I had accepted a um a English teaching job in Japan. Whoa. Yeah. So I had plans to be living in Japan for like five years. Shit. And then I met her, and then I was like, you know, strike like you like. Strike while the iron's hot or, like, live with no regrets, you know, because if you leave now, you never know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, okay. Because by the time you get back. So how did you make that decision? Well, after spending, like, after kind of, like, spending more and more time with her and just, like, really getting to know her, um, at some point I'm like, okay, I think I can actually see, like, something real serious here. Because it's not an easy decision. I to... see quarantine partner material. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, I, I had wanted to teach in Japan. I had wanted to, to live in Japan for many, many years. Yeah. This was, like, a long time coming, and I had to go th- like, through written application and interviews and everything, and I finally got the job, so I was, like, super stoked. And you had your visa yet? Yeah, or... it was all organised through the um, Japanese government. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those the, the job pays well as yeah. well. Yeah. So... It's a great um, experience. Where were you going to teach? Do you know? So I had requested for somewhere rural because I was like, you know, I've grown up in Melbourne and I, I didn't want just another big city. Um, I wanted to like have a, a slower lifestyle. And they say like in, even in Australia, so rural is where they need teachers the most. Yeah, yeah. So I was really keen on, and I looked up the place that they assigned me. Um, I was going to be rural Japan. Do you remember what it was called? Uh, no, not, not at the moment. If I look back at like my old emails, maybe. Seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, like, the, the only place to get there was, like, what, oh, what, well, one of the ways to get there is by train, but not by your, your regular trains. It had to be, a, like, the single carriage, um, and it had to go slow and wind through all the mountains kind of trains. Yeah. So, anyway. Whoa. Was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I, I listen to myself talk now, and I'm like... Damn. <laughs> why did I go I still want to do that, but no. Why is why was she why was she so perfect for me? Yeah, I mean <laughs> I made that like, you know, I I, I I just wanted to see this through. I wanted I didn't wanna go to Japan and then come back um and, and wonder, you know, what would have happened. Or yeah. who knows what Rhoda like where Rhoda's life would have taken her in five years or even in a year's time, right? Yeah. Because I wasn't sure how long I was gonna commit to going away for. Um, so I, I made the decision that I was going to give it a go, see where it goes, um, and, and here we are, and, and I'm married to her. I even got him a leaving present. Yeah. Oh, no, we wow. Yeah. You had, you had flight tickets. You had like... tickets. I had to refund, I had to pay the, the embassy back. I had to, because <laughs> they had paid for my flights. And, Yo. and then I called them up as like, hey, I... Sorry to do this to you, but I don't think I'm going to go And they're like, okay, that's cool. Just that's, um, refund our flights and then... You know, that's, like a, that's like a falling in love fee. Yeah, it's like a movie. Holy right? shit. I didn't know this. This makes, this makes your story even cuter. <laughs> Holy shit. But I, that's how we... um, That's how I, like, we started. That's how I, like, asked her out officially. Like, yeah. One time I was... That's such a big risk, Yeah, I was like, man. oh, hey, so um, wow. I'm not going to Japan anymore. And then, like, what? I don't know. And then eventually, I don't even remember. yeah. 
Yeah, I just remember I got him a present and it was literally like a week or two before he was supposed to you get go. him? I got him a poem book. Oh, that's why you should, he stayed? Mm. <laughs> So I I think that we've put it on the shelf somewhere. <laughs> I think I remember like thinking like for me that was the scariest part because she wasn't even my girlfriend. Yeah, man. Like I. Damn, you got guts. Yeah, she son. was just like a friend who I wanted something more with, mm. and then so I I actually made the decision. I actually called to to cancel the Jap the Japan trip, and then I asked her out. Wow. Yeah. I so for. I guess what if I'm, she said no? I, I guess I'm a risk... I, yeah, I guess wow. I'm a risk taker. <laughs> yeah, I would have been so bummed. <laughs> wow. We always say I'm pretty risk averse, but he is a real risk taker. Yeah, I'm yeah. a risk taker. Yeah. yeah, I'm on your team, bro. <laughs> What's life yeah. about? <laughs> a little bit. But I'm really intrigued by that because you said... I thought, what what if I hadn't done it? Or what, it, yeah, what would it yeah. be like? Have you always had that mentality? Because yes. how old were you? Oh, this was seven years I ago. I think he was 21 when I met him. Yeah, 21. <laughs> so 22. Oh, uh, when we... F- yeah. No, you, were you? You would have been like 22, probably. Early 20s, anyway. Yeah, so why... Oh, no, sorry, I was 21. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were like 24? I think I was like 24. Yeah. And you were 21, 22, 22. Still early 20s. All right, so... Why, as a 24-year-old, you have that mindset? I'm really intrigued by that. Because um, let me tell you, boy, not many 24-year-olds think like that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it was always just no regrets. Um, I, think, I think there were some, some, some like, moments in life where I let slip by. Um, and you had, and I, yeah. and I would like dwell on it. Um, so I didn't like that feeling and I don't want to, yeah, didn't want to have any more of those moments where I dwelled and was like thinking, what if? The pain. Yeah. It's that pain of, oh yeah. Yeah. Of letting something go. Sometimes it's, it's like, what if, what if I, it's not like, what if I didn't do this? Or it's like, what if I did things differently? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think the. Carpe diem, <laughs> something along those lines. Wow. But I think it's like you always regret what you didn't do rather than what you did. Like I think if you if you chose to just you know stick with the plan, do what you initially thought you wanted to do, and then something came along and you didn't take that opportunity. I think you regret that more than if you took the opportunity and it didn't quite go well. Oh well, it was the best thing for you at the time, and mm. it took you on a different path. You yeah, know? I think at you got to be comfortable with your decision at that point in your life, and I was very comfortable making that decision at that point in my life. That that's a lot of maturity, though. Because a lot of people hate making decisions, and they shelter themselves behind the oh, "I'm so bad at making decisions." Yeah, because you don't practice making yeah. decisions. Oh, I struggle so much choosing something to eat at the restaurant. Yeah, because you're afraid of making little decisions <laughs> and you haven't practiced it. You just practice. That's how you make decisions. Yeah. You practice. It's yeah. in everything. Mm. But I'm very, I'm very impressed. Mm. I gotta say, I by, was by too. that, by that. So, <laughs> did he tell you that? Did he say, Rhoda, so, I'm, I'm not going to Japan, and you are the reason. Yeah, he did. He told me I was the reason. 
it's pretty foolproof, right? Yeah. It's like, I, I like, I, it. like <laughs> who would say no to that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was pretty romantic. He's a romantic. Yeah, you gave him a poem, a book of poems. Yeah, but he's like, if I, I'm this romantic, he is this romantic. My man. Yeah. Have you have you read Pablo Neruda? It That's the pub- book. Oh <laughs> the book. my god! Yes. That's the yes. book. Yes. The yeah. collection of his poems. Yeah, the sonnets yeah. by Pablo Neruda. Yeah. It's one of the most beautiful compilations of romantic poems ever. Oh yeah. That yes. That's the leaving present. Yes, and yeah, Pablo Neruda <laughs> is Chilean too. So. Yeah. 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 Oh, great. that's amazing. Yeah. One day we'll read it in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure. How's yeah. your Duolingo going? <laughs> it's getting there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've maintained a, a, a over a hundred day streak. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You can understand more songs now. <laughs> or individual words at least. Yeah. <laughs> we um we took some classes with uh, dancers who only speak Spanish or who only taught in Spanish. And like, um, we have taken classes like that before and just been completely like, okay, pay attention because you've got to just follow this like with your eyes. But we can actually understand oh, d- dance some classes. things now. Dance yeah, classes. Yeah, yeah, dance classes. But we can actually understand like, you know, now we know if they're saying left or right or, you know, things like, simple things like that. And it helps a lot. It does. Very, very confident with counting in Spanish, up to eight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you guys, you guys, all right, so you started dating and you, that, those were your first steps into salsa or into Latin dancing, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you a dancer before? Did you do any salsa dancing before? Ballet since I was three. Uh, ballet dancers are always good in, with salsa dancing. Oh, they have a really actually, good it's harder foundations. than you think. Yeah. I think they have really I'd, good foundations with the frame. I, I, I'd say you have like, you, you start with like good timing, good awareness of body. Um, like, whereas I had never done any dancing before. So salsa was my first and it took a while to like, um, kind of get into it. Mm. Um, I think for me, maybe sports helped. So I was always big on sports. So that was where my, maybe my coordination came from, but I had like no idea of music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps in some things. Like I never found timing or coordination too difficult. Yeah. But it's things that, you know, when you've done ballet since you're three, there's things that are ingrained in your body, even in like how you walk, that you need to undo in order to look like a salsa dancer. Right. Like you see a lot of... um brilliant dancers doing salsa but they look like ballet dancers even though they're doing salsa and I really wanted to like not completely lose it but at least strip it back enough so that I can look you know more Latin (laughs) (laughs) I don't know yeah like less more flowy yeah yeah less High up and like less uppity, poised, yeah, <laughs> yeah, less, like less that. elegant in a yeah. in a way of I don't know, it's like too framed, too uptight, kind of too stiff. stiff. There's like a time and place for everything, and even within salsa music, there's a time and place 
for that kind of um like more ballroom esque um style or yeah. more ballroom esque moments in your social dancing even yeah uh, yeah but like you would say like a salsa romantica yeah like definitely 94 95 <laughs> beats per minute salsa romantica <laughs> the intros of songs yeah definitely um, yes um and then because music is so the especially salsa music so diverse there's so much mm. in it and you when when the music changes like your dancing should change so you shouldn't always be dancing in that same style yeah you should be you should try to change it up definitely yeah. anyway <laughs> it's still a conscious effort yes like the how like 20 years nearly of um body memory what yeah. do you call that um, muscle memory, muscle muscle memory. memory yeah. it's really hard to undo so it's still a conscious effort i'm like bend your knees <laughs> why won't you bend your knees so, yeah so you started you you were doing your first um steps in latin dancing yeah mm-hmm. and did you guys and you guys started dating pretty much straight away when um maybe a few months after yeah yeah no, you were some work. He had to. He had to. Yeah. <laughs> he had to drop his Japan trip. Oh yeah, yeah I know. Cool. Yeah. So then, <laughs> when do you guys start performing and competing together? Um, I, th- I think for me, um, I'd been dancing for a little while and I've been social dancing for a little while, and um, I wanted to get better and I wanted to improve, but I didn't know how. Yeah. Um, and so like, okay, performing, competing. Um, or it's it was actually performing first, right? Performing like I haven't done that. Um, let maybe give that a go, see where that takes me, and see whether I can use this performance training as a means of getting better at dancing. Right. Um, and then the and then competing kind of just like we kind of just stumbled into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I like I just wanted to get better, and then stumbled into competing. Yeah. We. Um, got invited to join a team and we were like, hey, why, why not? not? Yeah. Um, and it just so happened that that team was going to compete a few months later. So we were like, crash course. Hey, <laughs> why not? And, you know, like it's easier to start off competing in a team. Yeah. The year after was when we were like, hey, let's um, let's try out this couple competing thing. Because why not? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when you're doing... When you're first starting into competitions and um you know you've got a coach there who choreographs for you and helps you get better you start doing privates and that's where a lot of growth happens so it just seemed like the next natural step Mm. for us yeah i'd always paid for group classes but i never never felt the need for private lessons um or wasn't sure what i would do with private lessons so i think it gave us like a a good a good goal, a good medium, a good reason to train and, and just get better overall. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you start you, you started competing and then you guys have been always you've always partnered up anyway. We've right? always been dance partners, yes. You've always been dance partners yeah. and life partners. Yeah. Since since dance. we met, yeah. We were really lucky. Yeah. Oh. Very lucky. A <laughs> yeah. lot of people a lot of people wish they could <clears throat> find a, a a dance partner. Yeah, cuz I've I've heard that's a huge struggle, oh, yeah. uh, especially um, if you are sexually attracted to your dance partner. <laughs> it's like a no-no, <laughs> you know, like cause, uh, this year I, I was thinking of competing and I spoke with Angela 
and she told me well these are the things you have to consider and one of the things was and don't be sexually attracted to your <laughs> to your partner because then it just creates a complicates yeah complicates everything i, I think yeah <laughs> so you guys are pretty lucky that you were you how do you do it because of course there's like a lot of struggles in different yeah. areas from the creative aspects to the how we manage a team mm -hmm. at the same time and who we are as a couple and oh you left the toilet seat up so <laughs> how do you manage those things how do you deal with separating work which we could call your dance life work in this mm. case so you're talking about like now right now that we are teachers or before we before were so when you started and, and your entire because it, it was i think it was a, it probably was a learning curve for yeah. you guys yeah. to know how to balance your relationship mm. your dance relationship and then going on ventures so together i, I think a, 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 a good <clears throat> thing um and a big part of it was that our dance relationship and our relationship weren't necessarily so so separate or segregated like we don't put them into those boxes um when we when we're dancing together we're spending time together so even that is like couples time yeah. um and there's a lot to be learned by spending so much time together trying to learn trying to negotiate um and troubleshoot the um what, what's going wrong with with the dance or with the routine um so all of it was like a, a chance for us to really grow as a couple and to learn about each other and because we've always been dance partners like I w I've, I've never like stopped learning about Rhoda um and there's and sometimes she doesn't have to say things right sometimes I learn things about her personality through our dance training um yeah, yeah. there's um but I think we we've always taken our time with each step and I think this is something that we would want to like pass on to other people like you don't have to rush mm. to go into competing you don't have to rush to move up to semi-pro you don't have to rush into teaching you don't have to rush into the advanced class yeah <laughs> we spent a good few years competing together as a couple within a team with a coach while we were also traveling for dance and while you had your going real jobs competitions while we yeah. had our real jobs yeah so like at the start you fight a lot <laughs> and yeah. i can't imagine not having a coach there to mediate or to tell you when you're wrong mm. and you know things like that so we've learned a lot through just taking our time as students and then when we've really felt ready, that's when we've moved into the, okay, what's next? Should we move up a level? Should we start teaching? Are we ready? So, yeah, it's, we've always taken that choice rather than someone going, oh, why don't you do this? Like, there were people pushing us, you should go semi-pro um, years before we actually did. And we were like, I don't know. I don't feel ready. Mm. I, I feel, feel there's su still sufficient challenges in the amateur category. Yeah. Um, especially when we took it to like um, the world stage. So the amateurs at the world stage was, it was amazing competition for us. And it just, it really drove us to train and get better. Um, yeah. there's, there, there's some really good dancers out there. And not, not every good dancer is going to be a semi-pro or a pro. Like there are some really good amateurs out there. 
and mm-hmm. so you can stay as an amateur if you wanted to you know you don't need to move up yeah yeah so i think just taking those steps like slowly helped us to keep this relationship together like i think if we jumped into choreographing and trying to train by ourselves and teaching at the same time while also not really knowing much about each other as dancers i think that would be really Mm. hard yeah 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 i feel like we well we do know each other really well so yeah so how do you make decisions talk it out talk it out yeah (laughs) we don't always have the same opinion yeah and that's fine and sometimes we'll fight about it (laughs) but like because if you you, especially in dance like you're you're doing things together, so you have to agree on the path that you're going to take, or that just like, you can't just okay, I'll do this and you do something else. Like, that's not how this is going to work. You don't avoid it. Mm. You no, talk we about don't it. avoid it. Always talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It might take a little time. Like I sometimes I like to put things on pause. Sometimes I like to sleep it off, mm-hmm. and then I'll talk about it. And so Rhoda understands that about me, and she'll she'll give me that time. So it's like early on, she'd like she'd want to talk about. It. And, and I'd be like, no, I'm not ready. Like, I'm too emotional right now. I'm too mad or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that's how, like, our relationship has also grown. It's like just learning, just understanding each other. It's like, okay, I need time. Give me time. And then I'll come back when I'm ready to, to talk it out. And I understand you might still be mad because you can be mad for a very long time. <laughs> but at least, at least we're not both mad. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. So then you guys competed, performed. And I'm here in your house right now, and I see a lot of trophies around. <laughs> so I'm assuming you guys did okay. It's a bit deceiving, because they often give us two for yeah. one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, because um, we live in a small place, um, we've actually thrown out... Anytime they double up, like, this happened this year, we've right? Thrown out a few, this yeah. year, we've thrown out, thrown out all our double ups. So that we... Because we keep them for memory. It's got the year, it's got the category, um, so we don't need two, we just need one for memory's sake. Yeah. Yeah, so we've thrown out the other one. Yeah. But they but still say... But we've been around for a number of years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They still say yeah. champions. Yeah. Mm. So I think it's pretty impressive. Thank you. So take it. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's like a good measure of our growth. It's good to like reflect and look back and be like, Wow, this is where we were, you know. Yeah. And it's good to, cause you know, you, you can you can keep videos of yourself. You can keep videos of your old routines and yeah. look back at them and say, oh wow, yeah. that's where I that's where we were. Yeah. Um, and it's it's also very interesting to, especially cause you, like, we know the goals we set ourselves. It's like, okay, where do we want to improve next? How do we want to improve in our dancing? How do we want to look, like, what do we want to explore? Cause there's so much in in salsa yeah. to explore. Um, what do we want to do next? And then to see that in your in your routine, in your um, video evidence from one year to the next, yeah. to see that growth, I think that's the most um, that that's the most satisfying feeling. And you there. find it encouraging as well. Yeah. Yes. 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 And not everything is was a trophy. I mean, over yeah. there, I've got a number on a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was um, from the first time we went to the worlds yeah. and. That number, like, that means a lot more to me than a lot of these actual trophies. Yeah, because... that's the number that um, I had to stick onto my costume. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't place in that, in that first Worlds comp. But, um, so for me, there was, like, we, the memory from that first comp is inspiration. Yeah. And motivation and drive to, 
it's like wow this is where it's at and it's within it's it's within that reach yeah so if we trained a little harder like we know who our competition is we know what like how they like we want to be like them yeah so so the inspiration wasn't necessarily the professionals even though they were amazing the the inspiration driving factor was those amateurs at the world level like they're so good i want to be like those amateurs at the world level and that's within reach whereas like if you look up to like the professional professional level that's out of reach like it's going to take you in like maybe like another 10 years before you can even get close to the, to, the, to that kind of level so big motivating factor there would i be correct if i say that you guys are very competitive no no we're actually not competitive like at yeah. all <laughs> so all these competitions have never been about, about winning. winning yeah it's not about winning and a lot of our most memorable competitions were when we didn't win what what's it about so it's a, i think it's just it's an end point so we like to do the competition at least once a year and then from that year you can see your video you can compare it to exactly a year ago see where your growth areas were whether you actually achieved the things that you wanted to achieve and then you know it's just a good um it's good to have that date as well because i think if you because it's an objective measure yeah yes. and if you don't have like something to um work towards to work towards or a cap on the time you give yourself to achieve something mm. often you can get lazy and say oh i won't train this week i'll train next week yeah rather than going We've only got three months to comp. We've got to train every week. So for you, you know? guys, it's about growth. Yes. Yeah, I think it's it's always been about growth for me. So that's the whole reason why I, I dabbled in performing. That's the whole reason why I continue to compete because it's about my personal growth and my personal dancing. Yeah. Um, I'm the like my passion has always been social dancing. I started in social dancing. And I still love social dancing. So, um, one of the biggest reasons why I continue to compete is because it helps me grow as a social dancer. Yeah. Like, always... I feel like a better social dancer now than I was before. And the competition um, has been my my means to that end. Yeah. The routines for us are never just for show. Yeah. Like, there's always there's... a reason. Like, the, every choreography you see, it's like we choreographed it specifically that way because we wanted to work on that thing. So there was one year where we wanted to work on body movement. So you saw a lot more body movement in that choreography. There was another year where we wanted to work on like crazy difficult turn patterns. So you saw more crazy difficult turn patterns. And there's always like specific techniques. So we, it's like you have to you have to choreograph something that is not achievable yet, but you have the technique to achieve it if you practice enough. Yeah. Like you can't for, you cannot do this routine from start to finish without applying the correct technique so that was like for like what what gets us training and and and, and keeps it going yeah. yeah keeps it interesting as well so that mm, we don't, don't get stale yeah we don't always feel like we're doing the same routine to a different song yeah. every year you know like every year we've got something different that we're I think that's targeting. a that could be a bit of a, a problem as we keep as we keep doing this because <laughs> like we we look at our past routines and it's like okay that was sufficiently different like okay um we don't want to just be like oh you, you don't want you want to be like 
you've seen one Stanley and Rota routine, you've seen them all, right? Um, I, I, I really worry that we're going to run out of ideas. <laughs> I really worry that we're going to recycle too many ideas to the point where, oh, that looks similar to another routine they did in a previous year. That's yeah. what I'm worried about. So, yeah. But being aware of that, um, I think it just pushes you to, to be creative. It pushes you to stay um, original, stay different. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, was, I watched, uh, again, the performance of you guys of, in December. Yeah. The, the most recent one. Yes. <laughs> so... I think that's a pretty good story that I would like to know more details oh. if possible. <laughs> the, the Brisbane video. Yes. Okay. So you guys, I'm going to give you a, a bit of context. You guys were, went to the Brisbane, what's it called? The it's World called, Salsa it's, Solo? It's the World Salsa Solo Competition. World Salsa Solo Competition. So, uh, it's, a, it's a national competition. It's an Australian yes. competition. Yes. But there is an <clears throat> international component um, in the solo category, which is why they call it the World Salsa Solo. Yeah. But for us, for our categories, it's just it's an Australian competition. So you were competing in the semi-pro salsa? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you, that, I love that, that, uh, that routine. I think it's super <laughs> cool. I love the, when you guys do the, the, the punching in the air. There's, there's a lot of nice it. moments, a lot yeah. of like crowd-pleasing moments. Yes, I love it. And um, it's, well, this, I think that the, the, one of the most fascinating things is that you tripped yeah you guys had a tripping moment yeah you didn't have a psychedelic trip you just tripped <laughs> yeah it wasn't even it wasn't like a subtle one either it was like it wasn't a subtle no one, one no. could miss it no exactly <laughs> yes and I think that was like the longest half a second of my life oh uh, and i'll and say it was like three little three <laughs> little yeah like the those moments for anyone who's been in them it moves in slow motion yeah yeah and like it's like a fight or flight situation, and I think we talked about this before, where it's like your brain adjusts or your brain like gives you the time to process and to think, what are you going to do next? So that, I think that's the slow motion component of it. And I've only in my I felt that twice, and both times it was in in routines that were about to go well. One <laughs> one went wrong, the one we're talking about now, but another one it was going to go wrong, and I knew it was going to go wrong. But both of us just, it was like, we were so in tune with it that we adjusted and no one knew that there was a mistake. Yeah. So in this particular, in this, one. <laughs> in this particular performance, you guys are like halfway through the song, you're doing great. Mm. Everything's going well. The, the, like everyone's it's reacting really well as well. And halfway through, you guys have this trip. Mm-hmm. So it's like about... Half a second of Rhoda stumbling and Stanley just getting her back. And you, then you guys get back to it and finish the song like nothing happened. But we came back stronger. Yes. And that this is something that I really want to touch on because I'm really intrigued on this. And then you, I also saw the post that you guys posted about how after the, the performance mm. you actually got into it. Like you actually could feel the whatever it is that you that you had to feel yes yeah. but you actually won that category yeah even though with the trip yeah mm. so that was unexpected yeah yeah so <laughs> can you please tell me a bit about that experience it was like i mean i don't know i i've actually i don't think i've had such a 
huge mistake on um on stage before especially like when it's just the two of us on stage so in that like half a second it literally felt like minutes to me and I actually felt I remember thinking it's over like that's it yeah you have you've thought. screwed up that's it and I was like just get up just finish like mm. I just remember thinking it's over just finish it and get off the stage <laughs> <laughs> so um I'll let you continue um for me when I knew she was falling and once again it was slow-mo and I was like help her up just help her up so yeah. if, as she was falling I was like already start, starting to pull her up because mm. I knew she was going to fall mm. yeah and that saved us because I would have been flat on my bum and probably mm. <laughs> taken a quite a few seconds to get up if he hadn't like physically yeah I pulled physically me up. pulled her up yeah. yeah I saw the pull up yeah and, and then... luckily I mean it's probably just luck that we had the right hand when we came up to continue the routine mm. and, and it was also lucky the song choice and the way we choreographed it that we were able to recover from there yeah we had a yeah. um we had a punchy moment straight yeah. after which really helped to get like the energy back up and that's why you, you like, like that. that's why you know we came back stronger but it was really like the music and the choreography allowed us to come back stronger yeah um so that was lucky yeah because if it was if it happened if that trip happened at any other point maybe it was like a slow moment like how do you get up and and like look super elegant again <laughs> that would be harder than getting up and like fighting hard right so yeah. there's a lot of that luck component i'd say yeah but it really like the last minute of that routine however much was left of that routine just felt like um just do whatever you can now yeah. like, just, just do it. get to the end and <laughs> So you were thinking, just get to the end. I think I was, I remember thinking like, like give it more yeah. and give her more. Yeah. Like I wanted to share my energy with you to, to help you through it right to the end. Yeah. And I think that really helped. Like feeding off each other's energy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is a, it's a partnership and you, you're, you're there for one another. Yeah. Yeah. So you finish the routine, get off the stage and then what? And then cried. <laughs> yeah, had a cry, uh, cried, had a like a, lo a nice long hug. Um, but what was also really nice was the support, the friends that came backstage straight away to 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 give us their support. I think yeah. that like those moments like that are will stay with us forever. Mm. Yeah, and it like I don't know when you're up there on stage. And it's so big. The stage is so big. <laughs> yeah. And you, um, and you make a big mistake like that. You kind, I like. I felt like I was in a fishbowl. Like I was kind of alone. Like I had him, and that helped as well because I was like feeding off his energy. But I and I remember hearing the crowd like mm. cheering. Mm. But it felt kind of you know when you're underwater and you can kind of hear what's happening on up on the ground in the distance but it's not really like you can't really hear the words 
it was kind of like that. Like I could hear people in the background and I was kind of just in fight or flight mode. I was like, just get through this routine. <laughs> and then um, I think at the end when we came off and people actually came backstage and gave us a hug and said, you know, that was actually great. I was like, you were there. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, crazy. Yeah. It was a really good, um, good moment to have for us, really. Um, I feel like we learnt a lot um, and it's a good life experience. Yeah. And it, it yeah, I think, because we're going to, we're, we're going to keep going and um, we know... Like that moment, you can't prevent. Yeah. Um, but there are other things that we could have, that we could do, um, to prepare. So it's like learning, always learning from mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, and that was actually like, I think that was the routine where the most people have come up to us like strangers were coming up to us in the competition saying oh my god I saw I saw what happened and like um they felt the emotions mm. that we were feeling and we've always tried to project emotions feeling, yeah. to the audience but I think that was they really connected the one time we've been on stage that has really connected with other people yeah, I, I I was watching it just like now, yeah. and I felt I I thought it was very touching. I was uh, and I felt super like proud as well. I was yeah. feeling like a proud <laughs> uncle. Yeah, you know, and it I was like, yeah, very emotional. Yeah, like how students were there. Like it's the first time we'd brought a team of students mm. to the competition, and actually, like coming off stage, I was like, I've let them down. You know, like these are people that look up to you, and I'm like. I've let them down, oh my gosh. But it was actually a great moment for connecting because I think it's like, you know, we're human as well. I think it's great (laughs) to see your teachers fucking up. Oh, yeah. You know, and and, and also like the instant, you know, it's okay, continue. Yeah. Mm. You know, you you fall, you get up and you just continue. It's not, there's no time to to complain about it. There's, when you're, when you put on the, the title of a teacher, um, there's a lot that you that you teach, yeah. Not just dance. So there's a lot of other things. So you gotta you, you take on all of that responsibility because people are watching, people are picking up on things, people are picking up on things you don't even say. Um, yeah. So you have to be aware of okay, what is it that I really want to teach? Yes, I can teach you how to dance, but a part of me also wants to teach you these other values yeah, that exactly. we that we live by that we love. So if we can give that to you, and if we can. If those values can kind of seep its way into the scene, like I think there can be a lot of positive, positive impacts from this. I think you guys are a very impactful couple in the dance community here, oh. and I and one of the things I, I I really like about your philosophy is that you are equal, yes. especially within the Latin <laughs> the Latin world that comes from the Hispanic world where I come from, in which the man is always on top like the man is always the head of whatever organization a family or an enterprise or whatever and with you guys it's not that way with you guys is very much equal yeah <laughs> so you see in dance like the man leads yeah 
and he will he will tell the woman what to do but what like you don't always realize is that the follow is doing so much to make it feel nice for you it's so much harder now if you if you want to like extrapolate that into real relationships yeah. like you can feel like the man of the household but do you realize how much she is doing in the like in the background to make you feel like the man of the household to make you feel amazing like she's doing a lot so there's there's a lot of work going on in in a successful relationship and you're doing your bit and she's doing her bit and that's where it's really 50 50. yeah yeah and it doesn't have to be a specific task no no uh, and i think that's also a, a great taboo that you guys have i think um broken Mm. or getting rid of yeah and at least in your in your own practice yeah and i think it's um we've been seeing a lot of teachers lately around the world with the same kind of philosophy and i really like seeing that around like those are the teachers that we're most attracted to the ones that you know i want to hear what um i want to hear what the follower is doing you know what's her technique how's she making this work you have to give you have to give the followers a reason to go to partner work class. Yeah. They're not just there to be a crash dummy. Like they're there to learn their bit, so that they can make the dance nice for them and for their partner. Yeah. 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 It's not just about the pattern. And it's not just styling. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's not. No, it's not about styling. Yeah. And for me, dancing is a perfect metaphor of life. Yeah. Yes, we, we agree with in you. So many, in so many ways. And that's why I love it so much. And I think everyone should do it. So let's touch that sub- <laughs> subject again. But it's, I think it's super true. It's, it's just a connection of, with another person. And I think just that the life, is a, it's a big part of just connecting with another person and being aware of your environment and being mindful in the same moment. Because totally. one of the worst dances that you will ever have is when your partner is not present in their mind right not present also not listening to you non-verbally yeah so i think the one of the biggest things about a a nice dance is like you you are connecting but you're so the way i lead and the way i teach our our students to lead like be aware of her be aware of um what makes her comfortable uh does this does this move feel good for her so you can always make it happen. Yeah, for your partner. Yeah. But if it feels like crap, like she's like that's gonna stick with her. Like why do it? You know, unless you want to make her feel like crap, which is like why dance? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like and I hear a lot about, uh, especially uh, leaders teaching during a dance. Yeah. Oh, that's a big no-no. And it's like, <laughs> like first you, of you, all, you you're still not have fun. First of all, you're not qualified. <laughs> Second of all, the the other person doesn't care. Yeah. And third of all, you're making them feel worse. Worse. Yeah. And like, it's it's the same everywhere. It's like, don't be condescending. Mm. Um, if someone makes a mistake, laugh it off. Laugh it off, uh, or support them. Mm-hmm. The, like encourage someone to to learn from it it's just like being the moment be with that person yes and and just listen and res- be respectful yeah and i think that's one of the best things that i take out of of dancing in a in a partner in a partner dance yeah 
forces you to be That's more great. empathetic. Yes, empathetic. Yeah. There's some nice words being thrown around. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> but but it's true. Like all of this is so true. You know, it's it's not. And and yeah, we've been talking a lot about dancing, but I think that a lot of principles of this mm. have to do with life. Yeah. For example, um, I also wanted to have this conversation with you guys because I would love to find a partner in which I who who I can work with, you know, and do something with and create a project with, or, and and I want to learn because I've never have had that experience, mm -hmm. you know. And for me, it's important to to learn from people that are doing that and have gone through struggles and have overcome struggles and have, you know, and then they respect each other and then they have a similar vision. Yeah. So, but I think it's also important to remember we are not perfect and we've never been perfect and we didn't actually work super well together at the start. But as long as you have a partner who is open to listen and learn and you're open to listen and learn to your partner, um, you, can, you can really grow together from that. Like a lot of this whole equality philosophy and the way we dance has come from us nutting out <laughs> issues mm. and like talking about things and how how it feels when you do that and oh I didn't know it felt like that to you I'll change things and then you try it and it works like I think a lot of people expect oh if I um if I get along with this person well enough to be their boyfriend or girlfriend we must be good dance partners <laughs> mm -hmm. without thinking you actually will never be just right for each other, at least not at the start. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you guys are right for each other now? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, um, okay, we're going to finish soon. Yeah. But before we finish, <laughs> I want to put you in a beautiful situation. If you could uh, share to each other what it is they love the most about oh. the person. Gosh, I feel like I've done, I did this last year at our wedding. What yeah. did I say again? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the most that he... Um, I say he's a romantic but it really comes from, he always puts me first. Yeah. He always um, thinks about what, what I might be thinking or what I might like and factors that into his decisions. I love, I love that, um, that Rhoda loves me for who I am. And she is supportive of who I am. Um, it's not it's not saying like every part, not hundred percent. There are parts that she wishes that I could be better. <laughs> but overall, package wise, uh, she you know she she loves me for who I am. And I think that going into a relationship, like thinking back seven years ago, I mean, what have I always really wanted? Um, I've always really wanted to, to find someone or to be with someone where I can just be myself, where I don't have to f like fake anything or I don't have to like just, I don't have to be someone that I'm not just to impress you. I want to just be myself um, 
and I want you to love me for who I am. With all its imperfections. Amen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I believe that. <laughs> uh, if there was a religion that said that, I would be that. We there. And what do we love most about you, Pablo? <laughs> 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 and uh, lastly, um, if you could back in, go back in time and, and give an advice to your 19-year-old self, what would it be? 19. 18, 19-year-old. Um, not stressing so much. <laughs> I think we were talking earlier before recording about how you're expected at 18 or 19 to know exactly what you want to do. And I've had a few times in my teens and early 20s where I was like, you know, the path that I thought I was going to be on and that I planned perfectly didn't end up happening. So, and I stressed a lot about it and yeah. took it out on the people close to me. So, it's a ridiculous pressure. To it's put stupid. On. Yeah. And things worked out. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so, thinking back to 19, like I would, like I was very young, like very young in the head. Um, and so, I would say just, you've got to just go for it. Because it was that at that part of my life where I, I reckon uh, I just didn't know I just didn't know how to to do things correctly um, but if I had just gone for it um, who knows so I think that led into the whole situation with Rhoda where I just went for it yeah <laughs> I love that story what would you tell yourself <laughs> what would I tell myself I would tell myself um Get to know yourself yeah. and love yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely those things. That's good. And then I would give myself a hug. Yeah. And tell myself you're enough. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank much, you for having us. Much love. Much yeah, love. this has been great. Things. It's been great fun. Yeah. It's super fun. I love it. It's just a conversation with yeah. cool people. Okay, bye. Thank you guys for listening. And I forgot to add, um, if you want to follow Stanley and Rhoda on social media, you can go on Instagram to Stanley Rhoda all, all together. Or you can also find them on Facebook on Stanley and Rhoda. Okay, give them a follow. They're awesome. They have really cool videos of them dancing and they're fucking amazing. All right, guys. Love you. Bye.